Now we've got to scramble. Walsh around the body, doesn't miss. What a star this young man is. To Kurnow. And Charlie Kurnow off one step. Just went bang. Durden, he saw his way through. And Honey Milton put it right through the middle. Big moment. Kennedy, Walsh, bends it. Brilliant. This kid just keeps on rising. Gives it a roost. He gives it a magnificent roost. He kicked the goal. Here he is, straightens up and has delivered! Is there nothing this young man can't do? G'day Blue Baggers and welcome to the Blues Footy Podcast. Your host Jed Zetzer with you alongside my co-host as always Harrison Hymans. Bolt, welcome sir. Hey, how are you? I'm not great but I'm better than you I think. Um, I'll just start off by saying... We're going to get straight into it. No time for fluffing around this week. Strap yourselves in. This is going to be a wild journey this next hour. Um, Bolt, so you made the trip over to Adelaide. Yep. Um, Both of our flights got cancelled. You decided to drive. Yep. I didn't. Um, Talk to us just about the whole weekend. The the shit show started on Thursday with Jetstar. (laughs) cancelling their flights and not offering any direct flights till Sunday. So that's where the shit show happened. So I got in the car and started driving on Friday. Thought the drive was a bit much, so I stayed the night in Horsham. God's country. Sure. <laughs> then I went the next day to Adelaide, so I rolled in at about 1.30. If you want to call it God's country too, I was in Adelaide. And then we went to the... And the weather was shit. And then we went... Everything was shit. And then we went to the game, and, well, that was just a complete clusterfuck. And then I drove home in one hit today, and here we are, and I'm in a foul mood. Um, I can confirm you are in an absolutely foul mood, but it's warranted after your weekend. Um, now, Bolt, you messaged me a couple hours after the game last night, a couple lengthy voice memos. And I was sort of thinking, do we put them on the show no. or not? We won't be. Wasn't You didn't really... It's interesting because I actually think they're really good. Like we'll you didn't speak about them. The, you the weren't things. really unfair in anything you said. Um, and you didn't really... You didn't target any players at all. You just sort of spoke about the team itself. But the reason we won't play it is simply because of the explicit language um, that was used to describe basically everything in the three-minute voice message. Now... Maybe if we get enough demand, we might release that on our Substack. You never know. Oh. But no, we won't be putting it on this show just because of the language. But I want to touch on a few things which you mentioned in these voice messages after the well, game. Hold on. Let's start from the start of the week. Because the, the, the theme I was getting at was personal responsibility. And how this is a team filled with players who are bankrupt of taking responsibility for themselves... In relation to the team. And it starts with someone that shows responsibility to his role in the team. And that player was omitted on Thursday night. Jack Silvani. So this is where we're going to begin, I think. We, have, we have to begin here. At team selection. <clears throat> now, dropping Jack Silvani, I can understand the rationale of not wanting to play him, Pinnanet, and DeConning with the two big forwards. I completely get that. Yeah. But that guy, Silvani... 
take ability out of the equation here. What he represents to Carlson in this 22 is so much more beyond being able to kick and mark the ball. What he possesses, the not he what the non-tangibles that Jack Silvani brings to Carlson are immeasurable. And there's not many players in that 22 that have the heart, the desire, and the willingness to sacrifice himself for the benefit of the team. And this is a t- and on Saturday night, there are a lot of players who played solely for themselves, and I'm going to keep saying the word throughout this episode, with no responsibility. And Jack Silvani came on the ground and was quite good. So, so responsibility is the theme of it's this the episode. Because these players have to take responsibility. And and that's where it starts. You know, what kind of a message does that transcend to the group where you've got someone that's literally only seen as a ruckman because he sacrificed his home game to cover an absence in our side? So it's almost like him taking on this responsibility was his own downfall. And that makes no sense to me. And look, even if we won on Saturday night, it's still a strange move, dropping someone like Jack Silvani, who I've got six in the best and fairest, in a team that is seventh on the ladder. That's bloody good. I, I have to ask a couple questions. Question number one. So I, I think it comes down to, it's as simple as, they were going to play two of Pittanet, DeConning and Silvani. And Qu- question one. It was raining. Question one. Who's the most versatile of the three? Well, Jack Silvani is. Who would well, but you... This is where we... No, no, no. But, but, I'm, but Jack I'm getting Silvani to it. is not a ruckman by nature. No, no, I'm getting yeah. to it. So that's why I asked who's more versus Who's the most versatile? Yeah. Who would you say shows the most heart and soul? Oh, Jack Silvani. Who would you say represents what we want to be doing as a football club? Every answer is going to be Jack Silvani. Every answer. And, 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 we'll, and we'll just top it off with who... Would you say is just simply the the best player out of those three? Jack Silvani. And I just think, you know, we've been very much this year about next man up. And I know that we played Silvani, DeConning and Pidanet together for the first five or six weeks of the year. But we've now kind of hit a point in the season where you've kind of got to have the three pressure small, smalls because without, you know, because... You know, you can't really rely on Harry and um, Charlie for that. So you've got to have this frenetic energy on the ground, which I get. So one of them's going to have to be squeezed out, I think, going forward. It's just too heavy. But what pisses me off is that this experimentation should not have been... This was the most important game of the season. Not because it was good opposition, because it was a game we just had to win. It was a game we were expected to win. And if we win on Saturday night... It's done and dusted. And now we're, the season's at a knife's edge. No, I, I couldn't agree more, Bolt, with everything that you're saying. Um, and I think, you know, my response to all your messages last night was simply, we lost the game on Thursday night. And well, for me, for me, the the team selection was perplexing when it happened. I, I, I don't know I, if that's where we lost the game. It just, for me, that situation in isolation is just bizarre. No, there were many more... Like, no, no, we'll speak about the reasons, but when I say that's how we lost the game, I mean, it all started there. That was where the whole week started, was team selection where everyone was left so perplexed that we essentially just assumed that they made an error on the team sheet and that he was managed or injured. Like, no one actually... Everyone was like, oh, they made an error. You know, he's not actually omitted. He must be being managed or he must be injured. There's something else to it. 
And then Voss comes out and says, no, he's been omitted. Now, I've got no in- no idea what goes on inside the four walls. But to me, that screamed of just an arrogant team change. Do you not agree? Like, it was just arrogant. It was like Carlton going, oh, look at us. We're so good. We can drop Jack Silvani. He's not even in our 22. I, I, I don't know if it was arrogant. I just think it was just stupid. I just think if you really didn't want to play all three... You, you keep hitting that in the twos then. Because exactly. like Jack Silvani wasn't playing... You know, he's probably... His last month hasn't been his best form, but it hasn't warranted him being omitted from the side. So you no. stick to what you've got. Absolutely. Um, and, and it really threw our structure all over the shop because DeConning playing majority of the game at full forward was like, like, like a circus. And let's be honest here, and we'll get to the individual player analysis, but Pitternet was... No, he didn't do enough he either. Not doing enough. Yeah. Like you went to the game. You may have seen it differently, but from what I saw on TV, he was just... He was smashed, mate. He was just smashed. Um, and it's sort of expected, you know. It's his first game back, but that's the thing, you know. Just this week wasn't the week to make that sort of move. Um, yeah, this whole, this whole weekend's been a disaster. And as I said, I think it started on Thursday night, one of the more perplexing team changes I've ever witnessed in my entire life following Carlton. And it might sound like a bit much, but it really is just when you put everything into context, you know, we're trying to make finals for the first time in nine years, you know, just the whole story about it. It just is really perplexing. Um, Bolt, is there any, anything else you want to get off your chest before we get into the player analysis? I'll get it off my chest <clears> in this because this is, and uh, this, and these, comments I'm going to make on some, on some players are about Saturday night. Not the season in its entirety. This is an episode for Saturday night's game. Not what I think of their seasons. Because there's some guys that have had very good seasons who were disgraceful on Saturday night. Yeah. And that criticism that they're about to receive is going to be a Saturday night thing. Okay. Um, just before we get to that, sorry, we're going to keep everyone waiting another minute or so. Um, I might just throw a few things at you to get your response. I'm not sure if you saw Kane Corns' segment this morning on the Sunday footy show. I didn't. So he basically brought up like a minute's worth of... It could have even been longer. Just a stack of footage of where essentially we just did not lay tackles. And they weren't... They weren't like... Like they were horrific. It was embarrassing. As in the, the, the missed tackles. And these tackles weren't like difficult tackles these were like literally just not enough intent to actually nail the player these were the most disgusting like attempts of tackling oh i made a tweet after the game saying if i had a dollar for every missed tackle on the night i would have been able to buy a private jet for myself and get myself home (laughs) it was disgusting the it was careless. There was just... And that's what I'm saying. We we actually got bullied by the youngest team in the AFL mm. around the contest. They were hotter than us. They The, the missed tackles were a disgrace. And, you know, we couldn't lay a finger on Walker. Couldn't lay a finger on Fogarty. Keys we couldn't lay a finger on. Bury all of them. It was an, Even bloody Miller got out of like an Adam Saad cuddle. Mm. And it resulted in a goal. As in, I think Fogarty kicked a goal and there were five missed tackles in the play. Yeah, there was... As in, it's, it, it was actually embarrassing. It was baby-like. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, something else I just want to throw up before we start dissecting the players is 
the ball you sliced. Well, night. I'm glad you bring this up. Do you know how many turnovers we made for the night? No. What do you? How many turnovers do you reckon we made? Can you tell me what the average would be for a game? I'm not sure. I'll put it. We had 376 disposals. Okay, so I'd say. How many do you reckon were turnovers? Like you wouldn't be wanting more than 30. Cool. We had 89. 89. One in every four was a turnover. So one in every four touches was a turnover. It's fucked. And I'm sorry to say it. It's an absolute disgrace. And that's where I talk about responsibility and the careless nature of the disposal. As in that there was... The decision making was one thing. Because some of the decisions were just wow. But the execution was just ridiculous. And this is... This is repeat. Every... I think we've now played three games this year in adverse weather conditions. And we've looked so off the pace in all three of them. So, I'm not sure where... And, 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 and we'll get on to the coach at the, end of the, at the end of the players. Because there seems to be an inability to adjust. Let's be honest. We are a handball-happy team. That doesn't work in the wet. No. Um, so, I'll just say... I think it's fair to say the average sort of disposal efficiency that teams usually get is around the 70 mark. You know, 70 yeah. to 75 is pretty average. As it turns out, we had 71%. But, 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 but disposal efficiency, if you kick it over 40 metres, it's considered yeah. an effective disposal. Yeah. But 89 turnovers is a joke. That is a joke. In a game which we just had to control the ball and we just couldn't. And how many times have I said it? As soon as a game goes slow, we're done. Mm. You've just got to suffocate the ground against Carlton and you're there. Well, so that was the next point I was going to bring up is, you know, the tempo of the game. Because to me, Adelaide were just... It was it was almost like if they were getting a contest, like if they were causing a ball up, it was like a massive result for them. And they were just... it was They were doing it all day. Well, they're known for tackling. They're a big, big tackle side. They're a big contested ball side. I think... Barry and Laird are the top two tacklers yeah, in the comp. They, they probably are, right up there. And I think I heard this on radio, actually, on the way into Adelaide. I'm not sure how true it was, but I think it was actually Scott Camparelli that said it. He said that Carlton are one of the top teams for both contested and uncontested possession in the game. So we've got two sides to the game. But if you take out one of those games, the other one's not going to be complimented. Mm. And that's completely what Adelaide did. They played to their strengths and we couldn't get ours going. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, Let's go through the players. All right, start with the backline weeders. Well, weedering was shocking. Weedering got smashed. His direct opponent was the prick who killed us. The racist. Yeah, and he killed us. Let's be honest. Yeah, we couldn't touch it, mate. No, weedering got smashed. Um, you had a bit of a, an interaction in the crowd <laughs> regarding oh. Tex. Well, I well, I was actually sitting in like the a Carlton Bay. It must have been the South Australian members bay. Yeah. But there were a couple of Adelaide dingoes in there. Yeah. And this lady, she was probably like 56 going on 98, and she looked like a half-eaten pretzel. I kept calling him a racist and she kept turning around like I was telling her something she hadn't heard of before, and she kept telling me to be quiet. Piss off. And we'll speak about the crowd afterwards, because I know there's been follow-up today, but the crowd over there, I it was actually the first time I've watched Carlton at the Adelaide Oval, but I've watched us play at Amy Stadium a few times back in the day, and it was always feral there. It was disgusting last night. It really was. Mm. And I'm not saying I'm a saint at the footy, 
Because yeah. I get... Because when I sense we're losing, I start playing the man a bit. Yeah. But they were feral the entire night. Because you know what it is? These... And it happened in Perth a couple of weeks ago with West Coast. These teams know their season's done, so they're just going to the footy to ruin someone else's party. <laughs> That's what they're doing. Well, it's what we've been doing for 10 years, to be fair. Yeah, and we could still never ruin a party. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, you and you touched on you know the crowd and and obviously there's been an incident which has been followed up by both football clubs actually today. Um, there was something I was going to mention. Um, it slipped my mind. I'll come back to we'll it. We'll get back but, to it. Yeah, we'll definitely come back to the crowd at the end. At the oh, this is what it was. Um, you said when Newman went off, they were all. Oh my god! Oh my god! So Newman, so. Newman wins a free kick and these Adelaide supporters every umpiring decision's an issue and so Newman wins a free kick and like obviously split well, he split his knee open or something yeah got studs to the knee split so it open. he's hobbling off and Newman's on the big screen and I'm actually not putting any mayo on this Newman is on the big screen hobbling off and the whole crowd cheers as if like got what he deserved like are they serious? Mm. it's just so yuck like, seriously? Like, I couldn't believe it. Like, what classy people. Yeah, look, the way that all unfolded with Newman was just, yeah, obviously an absolute disgrace um, for people to be booing off an injured... Uh, sorry, not booing, for people to be cheering off, like, getting excited at a play, getting injured. I guess that really sums up the supporter base. Yeah, it was disgusting. It really was disgusting. Um... Well, while we're on Newman, I mean, he only played yeah, a quarter well, and yeah, a half. I didn't notice him much, anyway. Um, Lewis Young. Yeah. Um, he's probably lucky we're playing Brisbane next week, where they've got a triple threat of big boys up forward. Because if we weren't playing the Lions, I fear he'd be dropped. For March Bank? I'm a bit over Lewis Young at the moment. I think he's had a dirty five or six weeks. And I, I've and I've spoken to a couple of people about this as well, and they're in unison with me. I, I, I've kind of lost that element of trust and reliability with him. I don't think he's a trustworthy defender on current form, and yeah, I think uh, he has to play next week because they've got some really big boys up there. They've, you know, they're probably going to go with the two Ruckman plus Danaher, McStay, and Hipwood. So we do need Lewis Young for height reasons, but on form, as in. You'd probably rather see Marchbank right now. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think that is fair. Um, I'll be honest. I haven't had any issues with Lewis Young going into this week. I think he's been, or like you know, I think we've it's it's well documented how well we thought that he was tracking up until about a month ago. And I think the last month sort of just been a nor here nor there month. He hasn't been great, but I, I personally don't think he's been bad. I know you haven't been a fan of his performances. But yeah, last night I just it was it was annoying me just because it was there were just a lot of obvious points in the game where he was just clearly getting beaten and making stupid decisions. Um, but yeah, he'll see next week, as you mentioned, just purely because Brisbane have all those tools. But he wouldn't want to play badly. He no, wouldn't want to play he badly. Um, Sard, I think we've got okay. to speak about Sard for a speak sec. About so, so, so Keys went to him to tag him. Correct. And ended up kicking a bag. Now, Saad's probably my favourite player. He is your favourite player. Well, he should hang his head in shame last night because we speak about responsibility. There was absolute... <clears throat> so, Ben Keys went out there 
to make Adam Saad accountable. Yeah. And they took one of their best clearance mids to stop one of our great weapons. And Adam Saad paid him absolutely no respect going the other way. Three goals all over the back when Saad got sucked up the ground. Plus, Keith had four goal assists. So he literally had either the last or second last touch in seven goals. That's half their goals. Literally came off Ben Keyes' boot. Adam Saad paid him very little respect the whole night. And once again, we speak about a non-accountable game. That's exactly what it was. Adam Saad's a great one-on-one defender when he's told, and this is where we speak about adaptability within games. He's a great one-on-one defender. As in, I can't say a bad word about Adam Saad as the player, but on the night, he just had no... It was like, you know, he's not told to play the back pocket role where he has to shut down someone. And yeah, he literally played as if, you know, he was playing by himself. So kudos to Ben Keyes because he completely made him accountable and he made our greatest weapon a massive hindrance on the night. Yeah, look, um, excuse me. I think, yeah, with Saad, it's, it's a real tough one. Um, Essentially, what's tough about it? Well, let me let me explain. He's a half back flanker. The word back. There has to be some form of accountability. He's an amazing defender, but he didn't defend. So the reason it's a tough one is because we love the guy. We obviously he's he's so good. I opened it. He's my favourite player. But I was I was really shocked, um, Bolt, at his efforts in the last five minutes of the game. I wasn't a fan of his performance anyway. I thought he was, quite frankly, terrible. But those last five minutes, he was involved in the play a few times and literally was visible how little care he had for those last five minutes. I don't know if you noticed it, Bolt, but he had the ball a few times in the back line in the last five minutes, and he was going in second gear. He went for this one-handed mark. Like, it's just, it was lazy. It was the laziest display that last five minutes of the game. It was as lazy as it gets, and that to me looked like someone who was just like, oh, the game's done. I can't be bothered. Yeah. I've been belted. I can't terrible. be bothered. Really disappointed me. Um, Plowman? You know what? Plowman made some absolute blunders with Well, the he ball. made the howler that lost us the game at the end. Well, that put the game to bed, I should yeah. say. He made some big blues. As in, there was even one where he had the ball on the half-forward line and decided to do a little dance. And Oh, what, my yeah. God. He made some big blues. But he was actually quite good defensively. He actually had some defensive responsibility on Shane McAdam, who he completely nullified. He was actually okay defensively. With the ball, he was, it was clown-like. But you know what? Like He passes the night for me, Plowman. He does. Because, you know, he's their most dangerous small forward, and he nullified him. He, got, he, he passes on his defensive responsibilities as a back pocket. It was clown-like with the ball at certain stages. But for me, as in, I don't think that's the player we should be picking on. I'm not picking on him, but you can't ignore some of the absolute... Howlers. I agree. As in, he, he, you know, it's just know your limits, pal. He made some he, critical he is blunders. The poster boy for not knowing your limits. 
Like, know what your limitations are. I agree. But I thought, you know, as a defender, defending first, he defended. Um, and he'll be on Charlie Cameron next week. Yeah, we'll speak about that one later. Um, I want to leave Doherty for a minute. Why? Have, have we Just wait. Have we got through all the other defenders? I think we have. Um, McGovern. McGovern. No, McGovern was quite. Cool. McGovern was great. Also th- made a couple of blunders. There was in the one. Last there was one blunder which resulted in a two-goal yep. turnaround. Yep. How, however, I actually thought he was really no, good. He was quite good. All right. If the defenders are done, let's talk about Doc. I haven't loved his last month. You've been pretty vocal about it as well in the last month. Sam Doherty. Well. He'd want to forget Saturday night very quickly. And if you come at me and say, <clears throat> yeah, he had 10 marks and 32 disposals, cool. Absolutely errant with the ball. Like, it was like pulling my hair out and gave away four free kicks on the night. That's the guy that you literally, the ball's not meant to go past him. He's meant to station himself so he's an invisible, so he's a wall. And he was anything but unreliable coming out and unreliable when it was coming at him. It was a terrible display from Doherty. And Doherty's having a really poor form. It's the form that we saw at the back end of 2020 with Doherty, which wasn't great. But this is this is severe. And I'm not and I don't and I'm not being dramatic about this. He was terrible on Saturday night. This the, his stat sheet is completely like it flatters him like you cannot believe. He was so frustrating and like that's not what Sam... Sam Doherty's game is literally about keeping... Like, the ball's just not meant to go past him. He's meant to be a wall. He's meant to be someone that fills in the hole and protects his fellow key defenders. And he didn't because his disposal coming out was terrible and it meant the ball was coming back in. It was just a... It was a negligent game from Sam Doherty. And you know what? If his name wasn't Sam Doherty, because Sam Doherty's had a marvellous season. Like, he'd be on the podium right now in the best and fairest. He's had a marvellous season. But if this wasn't someone with runs on the board, that game would be seen as a real issue on Thursday night. Yeah. Um, it's, quite frankly, it's it's alarming, I think. Um the way that you feel so strongly about that, I, I, I'd like to ask: Do you think that he's in? He's not obviously in danger of losing his spot, but do you think he's? Do you think more performances like that could see him in danger of losing his spot? Like, where do you think he sits at the moment? Well, I don't think I don't want him to lose his spot, and I no, don't obviously think he'll not. lose his spot. But he has to pull his finger out. His first half against GWS was also terrible. He was, you know, in his game against Geelong and St Kilda weren't great. He was really good against West Coast. But he needs to get back to basics almost, Sam Doherty. Mm. We've almost got to dumb it down for him. Be that interceptor, be that, you know, iron dome across the half-back line and use the ball efficiently. Set up your midfield. Like, the, you know, we get smashed on the weekly by mm. opposition half-back flankers. And I'll speak about that when we get to the forwards. You know, someone like him should be dictating how we play from half back, and he just wasn't giving us that opportunity. Yeah. 
it's it's an alarming one with Doherty Bolt. I think that's defenders done. Yep. Let's move into the midfield. Um, question for you: Was that the first time? I actually reckon this is a chance. Could that have been the first time in the history of the club that we've had two players get 40 disposals? I can't remember it ever happening before, so there's a very fair chance it is. I think it is. Like, I reckon there's a chance it happened when Diesel was around and he was getting 50 every week. <laughs> now, nah, when he was getting a lot of the pill, I feel like it was a chance. But to the fact that we got... The fact that Cripps had 41 and Walsh had 40... Our two best players got their hands on the ball 40 times each. And we still didn't win. Let's talk about Walsh. And let's talk about Cripper and their ball use. I personally did not see 40 Crips touches on the TV. Now, you obviously, we were speaking during the game and you said that he was obviously sensational at the ground. But on TV, it just didn't, just didn't see 40. Like, it didn't look like he had that much of the pill. He was clearly our best player. He was. But what are your thoughts on Cripps and Doc and... Uh, sorry, Cripps and Walsh and their ball use? Because no, they had it 80 times. I thought Cripps was unbelievable. I actually thought he was unbelievable. Um, as in, you know, 13 clearances as well. Um, just going back to Doherty, I've just looked at the Clangers stats. Eight Clangers. Clangers, not turnovers, clangers. Mm. Significant turnovers. Eight. But Cripps, Cripps was magnificent. Mm. Magnificent. It was a true captain's performance. Um, and you know what? It wouldn't surprise me if he's amongst the Brownlow votes. He was brilliant. Yeah, no, I thought he, he was he, outstanding. He, 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 he really was. But Walsh. You know what? Walsh, you know, you can't pin him on... You know what? Walsh was good without being great. He wasn't more than good. He's become a little bit of a turnover merchant. See, this is my thing. I've been on no, this. I've been on this for a while. That his kicking going forward is not great. His disposals aren't damaging at the moment, Walsh. And you know, I'm not. I don't really want to knock him as such because, you know, but yeah, there were a lot of careless, you know, possessions from Sam Walsh, and it's not good enough. It's not good enough. Um, yeah, it's. I I, I I can't excuse bad possession. You know, it's all well and good to go get the ball 40 times. Fabulous. But, you know, he has to be setting us up. He has to be hitting the scoreboard. You know, he, he's just got to be... You know, you'd rather 25 good ones than 40 mediocre ones. That's where I sit with it. Yeah, that's fair enough. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I tend to agree. I think Walsh really needs to clean up his kicking going forward, particularly going inside 50 because... Gee, how many turnovers and clangers did he have last night? Walsh? Yeah. He made six clangers. It's not good enough. It's not good enough. Um, Setters? I didn't have an issue with Setterfield. I, I don't have a bone to pick there. I didn't see him much. No. How many did he get? Sorry, had, my phone's he, just he had, died. He had 16 and six okay. tackles. Will he see next week? He will. He'll um, see next week. Cottrell? Yeah, well, Cottrell was non-existent in the first half. But non-existent. The growth of our man. He was the... Tried to get us going in the last quarter. Hit the score, kicked two goals, drifted forward. And, you know, what? there was an intention, and you could see it in the warm-up. He was the guy trying to tag Jordan Dawson for most of the night. So he was actually warming actually up. actually didn't see a lot of Dawson. He was warming up with the forwards before the game. So once I saw him with the forward group, I thought, well, he's going to play. On Dawson. Yeah. 
Um, Dawson was still pretty good. Like, he, he beat Cottrell, but, you know, Cottrell tries to get us going at least. Um, it wasn't one of Cottrell's greatest four-quarter games, but, you know, tried to will us over the line, really, at Kick the end. two big goals. Big goals. Yeah, you got to give some credit where it's due. Uh, speak about O'Brien. Um, yeah, he was shit. He was shocking, mate. He was shocking. Yeah, he was shocking. Should we just leave it there? Yep. Fisher. Shocking. This was um this was really disappointing because we've spoken all year about his growth and how good he has become. His disposal last night was absolutely diabolical. Almost as bad as it gets. Yeah, we had the worst disposal efficiency in the team. Apart from Nick Newman, who played half a game. Fisher was terrible. Yeah. Nah, he... Yeah. Really was Got pathetic. a lot of midfield minutes as well. And... I, I could tell you, off the top of my head, without even watching the replay, which I won't watch, by the way, at least four instances where he turned the ball over in the middle of the ground. I know. There was one... There were th- two in a minute. I, I forgot who handballed it to him in the middle. The handball was stupid because they handballed it to him on his right side. Yeah. But he still had the audacity on his right foot, which we know he can't use properly, to kick it cross-field to this long switch on the far wing. It would have been on the broadcast side and it was chopped off through the middle. It was just like, that is just stupid. So there was an instance where... So I think it was in that passage of play, but he, he turned it over coming out of defense, right? So coming out of defense, he turns it over in the middle of the ground. Adelaide go forward. Our defenders did well. We rebounded, got back to Fisher, and he did the exact same thing yeah. in the same passage he, of play, and Adelaide kicked a goal. It was very frustrating on the night. Extremely frustrating. Extremely. Um, Matt Kennedy. Yeah, he worked his ass off for most of the night. I thought he was fantastic, He made to a lot honest. of errors as well, but yeah, he worked his ass off. There was, um, at there least, was, once again, at least there was some responsibility. There was a moment in that last quarter and the commentators pointed it out. He was finished. He was so fatigued and the ball came to him and he just went. Like he ran and his legs weren't letting him run, no. but he was still trying and ended up kicking a behind out of it. But he, yeah, I actually thought he was fantastic, Bolt. So he went off injured. Was it concussion? Oh, True. True. The last minute of the game. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yep. So, he probably won't see next week. <sighs> yep. That is disastrous. And you know who's going to come in. Um, yeah. Gee, that stings. Uh, that's our mids done. Chera. Chera, true. The forgotten man. <laughs> Chera was actually very, very good in the first half. I actually thought he was our best player to halftime Chera. Did go a bit MIA thereafter, like majorly, but I thought he had a very, very good first half. But when the game got hot, Chero went missing. Something about Chero, which is just weird. He frustrates a lot of people at the moment, and it's fair enough. He's just not... I don't think he gels well with this team. I don't know. He's just not a first grade midfielder. He's not a, you know, he's not a top tier midfielder. Like, I think, don't, I think he's a very good player. I think he... I think he's got the capabilities to become an A-grade midfielder in this competition. But right now, it seems to me like he's almost not... He's not on the same page almost. There's just... 
Like Chera's never really involved in our no. in our best passages of play. No, I agree with that. I agree with that. He gets a lot of the There's pill. There's not a lot of memorable Adam Chera moments no, he for just, the season. No, I feel like he gets a lot of the pill, but he's sort of just on a different wavelength. No, I agree. I can't like he doesn't. I don't know what it is. Just he doesn't gel well in the team. Yeah, I'm not sure, but I, th- I thought he was good. I actually think he's had a pretty good month, but it's not. We need exceptional. Yeah. But right. I thought he was very good in the first half. Forward line. Well, should we speak about the Ruck Circus? Yeah. Oh. Well, we kind of spoke Spare about Pitonet. As in, Pitonet wasn't great. And look, he was probably really underdone. Shouldn't have played. Pro- yeah, in, in hindsight, he probably shouldn't have. But yeah, Pitonet didn't do much. To Cunning. Well, to- okay, well, this will transition us into the forward line. Because he basically played full forward the whole night. Yeah. And just got in the way. you got to bite your tongue here, mate. He just got in the way. You just gave me those eyes like I could tear this bloke apart right now. Well, as in, it was persistently raining the whole night. And they've got, you know, Porty said it to me in the in the stands. As in, it's not even the towers anymore. He said it's now like skyscrapers. Mm. In the wet. As in, you know, he never really looked like a threat up forward no. he actually got outmarked or he couldn't even bring the ball to ground to Conning it was a really yeah, he was right. he was poor up forward he'll he, get dropped he was at, you know, no because you know what I I actually think there's a lot to take because when De Conning went in the ruck as the pure second ruckman he was actually good we were definitely better with him in the ruck than Pitonet when he was because he was rucking against Elliot Himmelberg like I could almost do that too but that's what he's but that's what he is. He's a pinch-hitting ruckman. He's a hype ruckman when we have to change it up. Because, you know, with DeConning as the second rotation ruckman, he was actually quite good. But he offered nothing forward. Mm, that's the issue. That, and it's a, that's a big issue. It's almost a bit like you, you, you can't hide him on the ground. There's mm. nowhere to hide him. And like, he didn't hit the scoreboard. He... Did he take a mark inside 50? Maybe that one where, you know, Kerno took the advantage or whatever who were in the goal square. Yeah. But he, yeah, he offered nothing going forward. Um, so Durden goes off injured with yeah. a shoulder. Looked like, well, this, I think the commentator said subplexed or dislocated. Who was commentating? <laughs> Dwayne and Jared. What? It was a Fox game. It was a Fox game. The com games are on. <laughs> Dwayne, Russell, and Jared Healy were commentating. Um, yeah. So, Durden. Yeah, well, Durden obviously went off early, but he made a couple of big we, blues we need, early we, too. We need to bring something to attention here on this podcast. What, did he can't kick on his left foot? It's three weeks in a row now where he's had a singular kick on his left foot. And all three weeks, it hasn't just been a turnover. It's been direct turn, like directly to the opposition player. Direct to the opposition player. It's three weeks in a row that he's done it. That guy just like, don't kick it on. Because he's a great player. Just don't kick it on your left. He was terrible whilst he was on the ground. He had four disposals. All turnovers. All clangers. Mm. He was terrible. But he went off and... Look, he probably like needs a spell, let's be honest. Yeah, well, it's a loss to the team because he, he might not come back. Who knows? I was going to say, happen. he may not play it, again this year. It's a loss to the team. It, I'm not, I'm not going to, you know, doubt that. But yeah, it was a pretty ordinary quarter. Motlop. I thought Motlop was good. 
Yeah, I agree. I thought, I thought Motlop was great. I had him in our top five. I 100% agree. I thought Motlop showed responsibility. Tackles well, Bolt. No, he was good. He showed intent. I liked Motlop's game. I like... You know what? Motlop, he's not he's not there yet, Motlop. But you actually have to play him every week on the basis that you never know when that game that he goes nuts is going to be. Yeah, Because exactly. it's going to happen. You actually... And you don't want to miss it. Yeah. No, you actually have to agree. play him because it's going to happen where he's just going to kick five out of his ass one day. Yeah. It could have been against Sydney where he kicked yeah, one five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but no, no Motlop was good. Motlop kept going. Yeah. Motlop was good. I love him. I really do love him. Um, and it's also like you just gain nothing by playing him in the VFL at this point. Yeah, I agree. Because he could have a game where... Well, he has had... When, when he's played in the VFL this year, he probably averages five touches and half a goal. No, I agree. No, I... Um, I, I thought. I thought. You know what? I, he really. He kept going the whole night. Oh, he's. Oh, he's. I could have slammed my head into a piece of concrete, at some point of the game with Owies. Now, third quarter. Start of the third quarter. Well, that was the turning point in Running the entire in, game. You got two guys streaming through the middle. I think one of them was Silvani over the top, and he dribbles it along the ground in the wet and misses. Up the other end, goal. And that was that was the goal that changed the he game. He marked the ball at centre half forward in the last quarter, and handballed it off to. Oh my god! Was it Kennedy? He handballed it yeah, off to. Yeah, yeah. And the handball might have gone about sixty centimeters, so there was no space for him to kick it, and it ended up maybe rolling along the ground. I, for, I, I think that's Kennedy's fault. Well, why is he calling for it? Well, why is he handballing it? As in, because oh, he just kicked that. You know, he kicked long range set shots against Collingwood and Essendon. Yeah. Dumb, dumb, dumb football. Always was re- always had a really good first quarter, but was bloody annoying after that. No, I agree. Um, the Twin Towers bolt. Um, yeah, well, Mackay got heavily beaten. Heavily beaten. Um, that Butts guy, is that his name? Yeah. He's pretty good. I'll give him credit. Yeah, not with a surname like that. <laughs> but, yeah, no, Mackay got heavily... In- oh, look. And he was, he was off the ground for a large chunk of the game as well. Yeah, I saw... And look, we speak about, oh, he's missing that in the third quarter. Darling Herschel, when you mark the ball 15 metres out from goal, I meant to be penning, penciling it in as a goal to get my team back. We would have we got us back within a goal. Herschel, I understand when you snap it. <clears throat> I actually like it when you snap it. But when you're 12 metres out from goal, and we're banana, because there's way more room for error with a banana than a snap. When we're bananaing it from the top of the goal square, after he flushed a set shot from 50 out in the second quarter, brother, come on. How deflating's that? We couldn't buy a goal, and our big full forward's taking a mark at the top of the goal square, and bananas it and misses. And what happened up the other end? Golazzo to the Ferrells. Come on, Herschel. And that's where we, you know... I don't get it. He literally flushed one from 55 out mm. the quarter before. And like, we speak about responsibility. Like, do you reckon there's even... I think he's just comfortable if that's just his routine. And if the routine's there and it works, great. The snap works. It's, you know, he if he marks it on the right side for a left footer, he's going to kick it 95% of the yeah. time. I've got no issues with it. But the bananas don't work. He never kicks them. No. And from the top of the goal square, mate, I would have kicked it. Anyone would have kicked it. Yeah. Come on. 
Herschel wasn't great. Charlie was, he was good. In, he was just frustrating. Uh, very frustrating. And look, Charlie was pretty good in the first quarter as well. He tried to get us going, but he just had very limited opportunities thereafter because the, the ball use coming into him was unacceptable. Diabolical. Diabolical. You know, he had to do a lot of work on the ground to get his ball. And yeah, he, you know, we, we took Charlie Kurnow out of the game after quarter time. Mm-hmm. Because he didn't see much of it there. DeConning got in the way in yeah, a lot you know, of those. He really, he really did. But yeah. Um, Not a great night for the Towers. Silvani. Silvani was... You know what? Silvani was good when he came on. Mm. Beautiful kick on the broadcast. I'm not surprised. He's always good. Of course. On his left foot. That beautiful... That was the kick of the night. Left foot the kick grass on cutter. The, yeah, beautiful. He kicked a goal. Um, Silvani was good. No issues with Silvani. I think he'll see next week. I don't know, mate. He'll be there. Imagine if he got dropped again. He'll be there. I've said it already. If he gets dropped and will already be up on the Gold Coast, but if he gets dropped, I'm flying home. Oh, I'm not. <laughs> he'll be playing. Um, oh, Who have we forgotten? I reckon that's it. That's it. That's everyone. Just a dark night for the football club. And we'll speak about the ramifications of it in LFC. Now the coach. Well, we haven't really spoken much about the coach this year. And the only time we spoke about him was in our mid-season no, review. I have aired some concerns about how I think we're pretty easy to play against. Yes. And I get it's not going to be the finished product in year one. I get it. But we shouldn't be this easy to play where it's just so obvious to everyone that once the game goes slow, Carlton aren't done. And, yeah, I'll leave it at that with Vossi. He's going back to Brisbane this week where he's a legend. He's a hero there. It'll be a big day for him, I'm sure. I'm sure he'll get a nice reception at the Gabba. Um, and, yeah, he needs to find a win in these last three weeks. He does. Um, yeah, I... You can't judge Vossi yet, but I, I question our plan B. What plan B? Well, that I question if we have one. You've obviously questioned our ability to adapt. I question... I think, as, I think at the end of the day, and I didn't say this before we analysed the players, but I just think we've run out of steamboat. Well, it's a very taxing game style. We I do just, play a very taxing brand of footy. I think we had this tremendous first nine or ten weeks, whatever it was. And then we played Collingwood. And Weedering went down. And that changed our season. And I, I just think since that Collingwood game, yes, we've pinched some wins. We beat Essendon. We beat West Coast. We had a nice win over Frio. Um, but even those wins... We've, we've, we beat GW. We've pinched some wins. But to me, we haven't... Like, if you ask me for our top, like, five wins, they'd all be... Oh, the Frio one was good. But they'd all be in the first half of the year. Maybe the Frio one would be up there. But I just think since the halfway mark of the year, we just haven't looked ourselves. We haven't looked what we were in that first half of the year. The excitement, the flair, it's gone. And I don't know if that's because teams have worked us out. It probably is. But it just, I think 
we've run out of steam. And obviously Voss said coming into the season that, you know, we play this game style where he doesn't really care if other teams know how we yeah. play because if we play it we'll win. Well, well it's too easy well, to pick a part. Well, Michael, right Michael. What's <laughs> drive to survive? No, Michael. Yeah. <laughs> um Michael, I think that teams know how we play and I know you didn't care coming into the season, but I think you should start caring because as Bolt just said, we're way too easy to pick apart. And Bolt, there was something else you mentioned in those voice messages to me last night, which I actually thought about a lot and actually just completely agree. I think our deficiencies are beyond repair in 2022. I don't think you can fix our deficiencies this year. Yeah, You know, this is year one. And we're going to be a better team in the future, we hope. They've Touch already wood. exceeded my expectations for the entire season. No, they have. They, but, they have. But I just, I, I really do agree. I just, I think that it's going to be really, really tough and it probably won't happen that we get better from here. Yeah. I don't think we're going to return to the form that we were in in the first half of the well, year. But even, you know, we speak about them getting gas during games. As in, it was happening in the first half of the year. We'll... Blowing nine goals. But we were leads. good enough to defend them. We were good enough to... Just. Just. But at the end of the day, a win's a win. I agree. And we were good enough to defend. But that's where now... Like... Well, hang on. The first half of the year, we made ourselves known for being a team that was going to explode at one point of the game. Yeah. We were, there was, we were always going to explode, yeah. whether it be in the first, second, third or fourth quarter. We would have a quarter where we would explode and win the game in that quarter. That hasn't happened. No, in the second half of the year. Complete grinds. All right. Now, before we get to Twitter questions, before we get to LFC, we need to talk about another alarming result on the weekend. The Carlton Reserves. Yes. Now, last week on the show, I completely jinxed them. I said, oh, and we got Williamstown next week who have only won two games, second bottom and the ladder, we've won. Never in my wildest dreams did I did I think we'd lose that game. With all due respect to Williamstown, we should be not just winning, we should be piling on goals against Williamstown, especially considering the team that we had out there on the weekend. Now, this was the strongest team that we have fielded in the VFL almost all year. You'd have to go back to the early the opening month of the year to find a stronger AFL-listed team. So, uh, yeah, a stronger uh, Carlton Reserves team than what we had on Saturday night. Fogarty, Kemp, Durden, Martin, Dow, Marchbank, Carroll, Murkov, Stocker, Aquay. That's 10. I think it's about uh, 10, 9. That, that, I think it's 10 AFL-listed players in this team. We haven't had that amount since the early the first month of the year. And we're playing against Williamstown, who are second bottom. Who, with all due respect, as I said, are garbage. And we didn't just get beaten, Bolt. Yeah. It was... I'll just read out the score. So the final score was 72-58. to 58. However, Williamstown led at one point by seven goals. They were 42 points up in the final quarter. In the third quarter, they were 42 points up. 
And, you know, we pegged away and got some junk time goals to only lose by two goals in the end. But that is as ugly as you'll ever see. And it looks like Stocker could be done. I think he got, got concussed. Well, not good um, given Newman's injured. Well, we don't know. Jack and Newman will be able to play next week with a gash to the knee. Wait and see. We'll I'm see sure he'll an, be fine. We'll see if an infection comes up. But, so Stocker gets concussed. Doesn't help his cause. Just a really disgusting weekend for this football club. Quickly run through the VFL. A shining light was Brody Kemp. Uh, he had, I think, 17 touches in the first half and a goal. Uh, no, he hadn't, he hadn't had the goal yet. But he had, I think, 17 touches in the first half. Was clearly our best player. Um, and was playing almost this back backline midfield rider. I, I couldn't tell where he was playing watching on the dodgy stream, but he was getting a lot of pill. And then, you know, they had to throw him forward in the final quarter. He kicked a goal. He was very good, Kemp, so I'm going to give him a bit of credit. 10 marks and 20 disposals and a goal. Fogarty had his regular 28. Dow, 17 and a goal. Numbers a bit down. Jack Martin played. He had seven disposals and a goal at quarter time, and I thought, he's back. Finished with 16 and a goal. So he's had three touches in each quarter after quarter time. Um, Marchbank had 16. Durden had 18. Carroll had 15. No real big disposal getters for our team. Murkov had six disposals. McQuay had two. It's dark times, Bolt. Yeah, not a good week for anyone. Not a good week. Um, All right, my phone is dead. So I'll ask you if you can get onto these Twitter questions. You might have to be the narrator this week. Yep, that's all good. Um, Got a lot of questions here. Obviously, pick pick the ones that don't overlap. All righty. Well, let's start from the top. A great supporter of the show, Martin Pakula. The great man. Yes. Um, it's as simple as, why do they do this to us? I don't know. And I don't... Well, it's, yep. <laughs> We're all feeling it, aren't we? Why do they do this to us? Why do they do it to people like you who spent 16 hours in the car to watch that? I know. I know. And a lot of... Blue baggers drove up as well, so you know oh, there were a lot. Of, I saw the jumper punch boys were there. Yeah, I saw them last night after the have game. You, oh, you saw them? You they would have been <laughs> a nice, a nice welcome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the man. great cheer squad, best cheer squad in the league. They were in Adelaide for it. Um, Did you see who the guest speaker was at the pre-game function? Was it Gibbs? You'll never get it. I'll get it. No, you won't. I'll get it. No, you won't. Give me a hint. Has he played? Is he next player? Yeah. Like in the last 10 years? No. Oh, would I know him? Yeah. What years did he play? Let's say around 02 to 06. Oh, um, not like Prendergast or, no. Liv- or Livingston? That type of... McKernan? No, no. Oh my God. Dylan McLaren? Barnaby French. Barnaby French? Yeah. <laughs> Old mate Barnaby, yes. the great man. We're going to have to try and get Barnaby French on the show. I don't think so. Um, <laughs> no, nah, but he would have spoken well. Yeah. 
Um, I saw Gibbs was there. Yeah. He's a diehard boy. He's a Carlton legend, Gibbs. Well, not well. Yeah. Legends. He's a Carlton person. Yeah. He's a legend in like the cult hero sense. For he's sure. a legend. Only because he was a Carlton fan whilst he was playing for Adelaide. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Twitter questions, Bolt. Take it away. Damon Mule. The handballing going inside 50 is becoming a joke. I honestly didn't think we were capable of those performances anymore. Pitonet should have had another week off. Didn't look ready at all. Can we get a win in the next three weeks? So I'll start off by saying I agree with all that. Completely agree with all that. Uh, And yes, the handballing was ridiculous in the rain. Uh, Can we get a win in our next three? I'm I'm, going to be honest, Bolt. If I was a betting man, and I'm not really, I like to place the occasional multi, but if I was a betting man, I don't think we will. Because I I think that we're going to lose to Brisbane. I think we're going to lose to Melbourne. And I think it's going to be all a bit much coming up against Collingwood in the last round. Yeah. Um, We'll speak about LFC. Is Is it out of reach? No. No. Ooh. Can we win one? Yes. I'll put it to this one. Do I think we're going to win one? Probably not. We're not going to start favourites in any of those final three games. No. We'll see. Which how might we go. be good for us. We'll see how we go. You never know. Next one. Michael Cerevolo. Boys, where do we go from here? First time I've been disappointed in Voss and the coaches. Why can't we stick a tackle? We were too slow and we can't play the two rucks. Well, we were clearly completely outcoached. This whole two ruck thing, this was the... We had to see it, but this was the experiment that needed to happen when our security in this competition was finalized. And we've now put ourselves in a really precarious position in the final three weeks. But, yeah, I don't think they'll go with it next week. Next one, Bolt. Mark DT, did selection cost us the game? We looked extremely slow, yet still managed to get bullied by the bigger bodies, by their bigger bodies. Yes. We did. Um, yeah, you know, lots of feedback on the coaching here. Um, Juice, I think that's how you pronounce it, says, is there no plan B? Just like Ken Hinckley and his side. Well, I think we touched on that earlier. It doesn't appear that there is a plan B. Interesting he brings up Ken Hinckley. Why? Or given Voss coached with him for nine years. Mm. Interesting. It's a really good pickup. And I think, you know, it's the old saying, and I, and let me elaborate on this, but the old saying is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result is the definition of insanity. Yeah. Now, I don't really mind that we were doing the same thing over and over again because it was getting us wins in the first half of the year. But... Now that we've become predictable and easy to watch and easy to dissect, sorry, from an opposition team's point of view, it's, they've got to change something up. For sure. Um, This is a good tweet. Brady Park. I thought McGovern was in the few that played good tonight with Newman going down and Stocker, the like-for-like replacement getting concussed in the twos. Do you see Marchbank coming in or is it one or the other? Now... I actually think if Newman doesn't get up... I know what you're going to say, and I agree. I don't agree with it, but I think it'll happen. It'll be Nunes. Yeah, yeah. It'll be Nunes in the that, back pocket. That'll, that'll happen, but that shouldn't happen. Yeah. It shouldn't happen. The thing is, Brisbane have a plethora of small forwards. They've also got a plethora of talls. Yeah. 
But we can't stack them. Well, we've also got a plethora of tools down back. McGovern's going to have to man up. But we do need, if Newman is out, we do need a legit back pocket. don't know who that's going to be. It'll be Nunes, but... Yeah. You know what? Saad's going to play on Charlie Cameron next week. Not Plowman? It'll be Saad. Plowman's done well on Cameron think, over the years. I think Pl- he has. But I think Plowman might actually get someone like Lincoln McCarthy, mm. who's actually quite good overhead too. Similar to McAdam. Yeah. Obviously, 30,000 times better, but... Mm. All right. It'll be interesting. That will be interesting. Team changes shortly. Damien Birmingham. Commonwealth Games are in Birmingham. Um, <laughs> our worst effort under Voss. Got embarrassed in the midfield. Zero connection to the forward line. Clangers galore from defence. A lot to fix in a week. How do we do it? Not too many banging the door down in the twos, but surely we couldn't do worse by bringing in Dow and Marchbank. So I agree. I think we got to get Marchbank into the team. I think Marchbank has to come in. And look, Dow will play if Kennedy's not going to play, which is probably likely. If and if Hewitt doesn't get up, and we'll touch on Hewitt because I've got a premonition about Hewitt. But we'll t- talk about it now. I? Well, I don't think we'll see George Hewitt again this year. But what's that based on? Gut feel. So you've just got this gut feel that he's done. I think he has an underlying stress fracture in his back. You can tell by the wording. Week he's going to be assessed on a week to week basis. So he's got no timeline right now. No timeline to get back to training. I've just got a feeling that we won't see him again this year. Well, that would be a disaster. Disaster. I've just got a feeling. And, you know, I'm usually good with this stuff. Mickey C. Question. Can we make the finals from here? If the Tigers win three of their four, very doable. Well, they just won one of them today. Yes. And we lose all three, we finish ninth. Yeah, we need to win one of the last three. Speak about LFC soon. We need to win one. Um, Tim's trading. How could we drop Sauce? How could Saad not adjust and stay on keys? Tex, where was the second over the top? Is the effort shown tonight our true team? We gave up and never looked like winning. What has happened? And yeah, it's just an an accountability thing. It really was. Mm. Yeah, no, I agree. Responsibility, the theme of the show, Bolt. Um, Cam Dempster, why was, why was I doomed from birth by inheriting being a Carlton supporter? Did my family do horrible things to deserve this? Yes, they did. All of ours did. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, jeez. James <laughs> Belcher, will you boys? This is a, this is going to hit a nerve. Will you boys be returning to Adelaide next season? Now, we haven't... We've actually never won at the Adelaide Oval. Owen 6. We're Owen. We are Owen in Adelaide. And the losing margin wouldn't be pretty... The average losing margin wouldn't be pretty there, right? That was probably our closest loss at the Adelaide Oval. I've been there once. We got done by nine goals. I think it was 2019. 18. 18. Yeah. Um, Will we be returning? Yeah, probably. Only because a bit sick in the head like that. Um, I'll be there. What else? Well, a lot of people speaking, you know, lots of ladder screenshots, lots of, you know, Silvani talk. Um, lots of people saying how the keys move onto Saad was a masterstroke and Saad, yeah, really lowered his colours. Um, lots of, you know, 
Plowman's getting knocked around a bit. And look, I agree. Plowman going offensively was hard to watch, but I I thought he did a really good job defensively. Plowman's issue is that his howlers are just so bad. And they're so obvious. They're so obvious and so bad. And And it's been the case with him since day one. Like, when he does bad things, they're just really bad. This is a great tweet from Shimbo. The LFC coach needs to be bloody sacked. Terrible performance all weekend. Yeah, LFC lowered its colours this week. So you're the LFC CEO. Chairman. Chairman. Who Who's the coach? It would have to be Ben Rudden. Uh, he, Essendon have been the MVPs. No, yeah, he, he's like an advisor. Um, we've got a lot of coaches. The coaches change, by the yeah, way. Yeah, okay. So is Dimmer getting the sack? Well, Michael Voss is... Our Sorry, not Dimmer. Coach. Is um, Chris Fagan getting the sack? Um, we've blocked his phone number. Okay. Especially coming into this week. Yes. Okay. But we need it the week after because they got St. Kilda. So he comes back. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it was a dark week for the latter. Lots of the Twitter questions are the same themes that we've touched on a lot. So we'll move on from them because... It's obviously been a pretty depressing episode, but it had to happen because it was a depressing game. Um, so Twitter yeah, questions done just, there. Uh, yeah, and it's so fair that a lot of people are angry because it was a disgusting... You know, this was our... I, I, I called it. This was our grand final. This was the game that assured that we were playing at the back end of the season. And we just shot ourselves in the foot with a horrible, horrible, arrogant performance. Team changes, Bolt. Well, this is good. This, whatever we say is just not going to happen because this could go anywhere on Thursday night. So I'll ask you, <clears throat> if Newman doesn't play, yeah. who comes in? I think it'll be Nunes. If Kennedy doesn't play, who comes in? I don't think Hewitt will be ready, so I think it'll be Dow. Does Fogarty get a look in? Because he's been dominating the twos yeah. in the last month. Maybe for Owies. You reckon Owies will get dropped? Maybe, yeah. He was terrible. Okay. Well, he, no, he'll come oh, in true. for Durden. Durden. For Durden. Durden. Lucky always. Well, will Jack Martin play? Because he just got through a game in the twos. Yeah, maybe. I reckon it'll be Martin yeah, for Durden. it might be. It'll be. It might be. Well, Silvani has to come back into this team too. Who gets dropped? Pittenet or DeConning? I, I think it will be Pittenet for Silvani. I think they'll stick with TDK. I don't reckon... What you, it's gonna sound it's gonna sound ridiculous. You don't think Silvani comes back in? Oh no, he'll come back. In. I don't reckon he will. They've clearly shown that Pitonet and DeConning are the number. Well, bringing Pitonet straight in and playing him in the he he's clearly the number one ruck. No, no, we know. So that. we're not gonna drop the number one ruck. One of them has to go. Or maybe I, it will be DeConning. I'd like it to be DeConning, but if it was me, I'd do Pitonet. I just have this sick feeling that Sauce won't play again. And I have a yeah. sick feeling and I'll be on the flight home on Thursday night. <laughs> Crazy. Um, and then, look, I'd like to see Marchbank play. So who makes way? It's really tough. It should be young, but it won't be young out of necessity this week. And I, I, I actually, you know, well, I'm going to get blasted. I hope it's not Plowman. I hope Plowman keeps his spot on the team. Mm. You know, so maybe if Newman is out, they won't play Nunes and they will play Marchbank because Marchbank can go small. It's going to be close. 
I think that's the the, the general gist of the team changes. So there. guys like O'Brien and oh yeah, O'Brien keeps his spot. Maybe Nunes will come in on the wing. Mm. Dark day, Bolt. Dark weekend for the football club. I was in such a foul mood after this. And um, I think it's worth just touching on the twos again because that loss to Williamstown now puts them in a really precarious position. And if you look at the ladder, they're a game in, they're a game clear, and they've got the bye this week. And then they've got Casey, who haven't lost all year. Or did they lose on the weekend? No, they won again. Um, so yeah, and then they got Collingwood in the last round as well. So that Collingwood game is probably going to determine if they make finals. Seems like the theme, doesn't it? All right, LFC, let's talk. Well... Chairman, take it away. Well, disgusting. Friday night was good. Friday night was good because the opportunity was there to jump Fremantle. Because I'm nervous about where Freo is going to finish. Friday night was a good start. Saturday afternoon was shocking. Port Adelaide had a big opportunity to win the game. Mm. And the, those people won again in a close game. Bad. Sydney too good for the Giants. They're, they're cruising to the end. St Kilda beating Hawthorne was an expected result, but not a good result. Mm. But it was expected. And they copped a bit of a scare as well. So three bad results to start the Saturday. And then I flicked my phone on at quarter time of the Carlton game. We were leading at quarter time, but we weren't looking great. And I saw the Bulldogs score. And I'm thinking, oh my godfather. Like, this could be diabolical. Luckily, Geelong flicked the switch and won. Huge result. If the Dogs had have won that, trouble, trouble, trouble. But we lost. And ultimately, that's the worst result. We still hold a two-game gap on ninth. With, with the three to go. With three to go. But because of the fixture, it's a very precarious position. The Richmond result on Sunday, shocking. Like, beyond shocking for the latter. Because Richmond have quite a good run home too. They're two wins behind us, but it's six points. So it doesn't come down to percentage like it would for the Bulldogs. The Bulldogs so, have a worse percentage than us? Yeah. How much worse? It's about three or four percent. But... If, Far out. But if if it comes down to that last game, they're going to... If it does come down to percentage, they're going to win more games from now till the end than we are, if, it, if that's what it comes down mm. to. So you'd assume it's going to jump by then. Mm. Every goal matters when we lose. And I'm being dead set... I don't want, I'm not sounding... I don't want to sound like a nuffy here, but the difference between losing by 40 and like 28 points is going to matter on the final Sunday. It's going to make a difference. Every score matters. And I'm not being... I'm not trying to be funny. It's literally going to be that tight. So where does this leave us? We're two games clear with three to go. We finish the... It's a 10-man race. Squeezing in... The top six are done. There are four teams going to squeeze into two spots. We're in the box... We're in the box seat because we kind of control our own fate here. We just don't have trust in us to control that phase with Brisbane away, Melbourne, Collingwood. They're three of the top five. If we win one of them, I think we'll be fine. There would have to be ridiculous results elsewhere for us to miss it. If we win one, we're home. We're a win away. We're a win away. 
if we lose all three, we're going to finish the year on 12. The Bulldogs are currently on 10. Yeah. They finish. This is the biggest game of LFC's history this week. Bulldogs Freo at Marvel. Fremantle have to win. Have to win. Because the Bulldogs then finish with the Giants. And then a little bit of a danger game with Hawthorne and Tassie. But uh, they'll win if, that if they need to make it. Exactly. But this is where it gets weird. Because that Bulldogs-Hawthorne game's at 110 on that final Sunday. We're the 320 game. So we're going to know the gist of their result. We're going to know. So if the, let's say the if the Bulldogs win all three, which they very well could. This Freo game's complete 50-50. And they'll win the other two. They'll get to 13, the Dogs. So they'll overtake us if we don't win one. Correct. If we win one, we'll be on 13. We'll be fine. Then there's Richmond. If you think we need Freo to win this week, Port Adelaide, Richmond and Adelaide this week is enormous. Enormous. Because then Richmond end with Hawthorne and Essendon, which they'll win both of those. Yeah. So that will get Richmond to 12 and a half. Trouble. So essentially what you're saying is, to make it really plain and simple, if we don't win one of our last three, we have to have one of Frio beating Bulldogs or Port beating Richmond. Well, those are the winnable ones. Obviously, if they lose another game, that's fine, but those are the ones we've got our eyes on. But then, nah, but Richmond will, if that if we don't win any of our last three and Richmond win those two, Richmond will overtake us. They'll go to 12 and a half. And but then it's it will still come worth down. noting that St. Kilda are currently in the eight, so they'll take the Saints spot. Then there's St. Kilda. No, no, no. But then, no, no. So that Richmond will jump us and the Dogs. If the Dogs lose to Freo, but Richmond win, but Richmond win just two of them. If they both, if the Bulldogs and Richmond both lose those 50-50s this week and win the two they're expected and we don't win, Richmond go 12 and a half in seventh. Us and the Bulldogs, ninth and tenth, eighth and ninth on 12. Mm. Comes down a percentage. Okay, so we oh, we just have to win again. Then game. there's St. Kilda on 11, who have the worst percentage of the lot and end with Geelong in Geelong, Brisbane at Marvel, Sydney at Marvel. They could pinch one of those but Marvel they need, games. They need to win two of them mm. with that percentage. They have to win two of them. Jeez. It's going to be really tight. We cannot get blown out of the water under any circumstances. I, look, I think this is inevitably going to be set up for a Super Sunday. Where it's it gonna, is. It's, it it's going to come down to Carlton versus Collingwood. We're going to have a final without making the finals. We're going to have to beat Collingwood on the final day. We, look, who knows what's going to happen? Now, Brisbane have been a little bit shifty of late. They, they are a better team than us. It's at the Gabba. We haven't won there in 10 years against Brisbane. We beat North there in COVID. But um, yeah, we've now put ourselves, if we won, we would have been three games clear with three to go. Home. And two games clear with three to go sounds great on the surface. When you look at but the But we fixture, know the matchup's coming. Mm. It's trouble. The, I, th- I think it's a slow death. It's going to be a nightmare. It's you know be, what's going to happen. It's going to be like Melbourne in 2017. They finished ninth on the final day. They hadn't made the finals in 11 years. This was their year. They ended up finishing ninth by like 0.3% relying on that Adelaide West Coast game, which was the last game of the year. I know it will happen. But we'll see. We, we haven't what? we haven't been outside of the eight all year. Haven't dropped below seventh all year. 
scary times. We're a win away. We're big Freo fans. We're big Port Adelaide fans this week. We're probably bigger Freo fans. Mm. We're bigger Freo fans. I think Richmond... It's going I, to be yeah, tough. I think Richmond will make it regardless. You just never know. Hawthorne's a tricky team. And they've both got Hawthorne. You never know with Hawthorne. Mm. They're not great, but you just never know with them. Destiny's in our own hands here. If we win one of them, but even if we win one of them and get to 13, the Bulldogs are a chance to win all three too. And it'll still come down to percentage. Mm. And if Richmond win all three too, which they can very well do, they'll be ahead of us anyway. Mm. So it still might come down to percentage even if we beat Collingwood. What's your what's your gut telling you? Do you think we make the eight? Well, they can't hear that, mate. I don't. I think we'll finish ninth. Mm. It's going to be tight. I think it'll come down to percentage. I think we'll, I, I, we. I think we're a good chance of beating Collingwood, but it's going to come down to percent. What's the so the gap at the moment? It's just. It's just ludicrous that it's come to this. It's a 3.2% gap on the Bulldogs, which is nice. But what I'm saying is if it does count, if it does come down to percentage, it means ours is going to go down and theirs is naturally going to go up. Mm. So there's a chance by the last round, theirs is ahead of ours. Yeah. So. <laughs> yep. We just, it's just is there anything positive that we can end this show with um I don't know yeah it, it's just it's a season it was a season destroying weekend as in and I hope it doesn't destroy it the, the season but it, it, it's just a crazy result it was a crazy crazy result St Kilda's percentage won't be an issue on ours uh, I'm not worried about St Kilda, mate. I'm yeah. worried about Richmond and the Bulldogs. That Richmond win is just the And we've worst. said it all year. The Bulldogs will find a way. They'll sneak in. And if it's at the expense of us... Boy, oh boy. Wowee. Not the worst thing's going to be as well. We're either going to miss the eight or we're going to go to Perth, I reckon. You reckon Frio finish fifth? Oh, no, nah, so I think if we make it, we'll finish seventh. Don't you think... Didn't you say Richard yeah, will overtake us regardless? Depends on the port game. Well. We'll see. Well, thank you. As we, as, as we saw this week, a week's a long time in footy. Results are crazy. You never know. You just what, What's never your know. feelings going into the Brisbane game? Can we win? Yeah, as in, we can all, you can always win. I'm not confident. I, don't, I wouldn't tip us, but you never know. We've it's, got enough stars on the park... To win a game of football. Yeah. We just need the other pieces of the jigsaw. And those pieces have to play well. That's where we got to start. But you never know. Do you think we match up well against Brisbane? We're, yeah, we're both tall teams. Yeah, like, I do. Like, Zach Bailey's going to be a nice out. He got subbed off today. Oh, he's out. So that's, Gee, a, that's a nice God. little yeah. one. They should get Rich back. Which isn't nice. And look, if we've learnt any lessons from the past, from the whole season, we've been towed up by halfback flankers on the weekly. Put time into Rich. Or don't bother. And if it's not Rich, introduce Kitty Coleman on what a tag's <laughs> like. Because he's good. Yeah. We'll see. It's going to be tough. We'll be up there again. 
the final interstate game of the home and away season. Hopefully there's no flight cancellations. Let's end it there. Bolt, thank you. No worries. We'll do it again next week, hopefully after a win. Hopefully. Go Blues. Against the famous old dog.